Alright people, welcome back to Primal Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour, here with your host, Chris Story. As always guys, a few things to touch base on before we kick today's episode off. The first is a massive thank you to all the continuous love and support that you guys continuously show me through your feedback on Instagram, YouTube, um, I've seen to be getting a few more reviews off you on iTunes. I keep asking for you guys to do reviews on iTunes for me because that that increases my visibility, my exposure within the sort of searching criteria within the podcasting world. But um, it seems that you can that the main thing now is Apple Podcasts. So for everyone that's got an iPhone and listens to this, please, if you're using Apple Podcasts, drop me a review on Apple Podcasts. For everybody else, hey, just hit me up any way you can. Any bit of feedback means the world to me. So yeah, much appreciated as always. And you get the exclusive 10% discount code. That is the code REDPILL. That's the code REDPILL. That when used at checkout on primalchemy.co.uk, you'll get 10% off anything within your shopping basket. Perfect opportunity, guys. Jump on the hype train now. Give the Vitruvian Protein a try. That's our flagship organic whey protein superfood blend. Forged with adaptogenic herbs, nootropic herbs, prebiotics, shit ton of uh, high vibrational superfoods. Everything you need in a complete health food shake. Also, check out our ancestral potential coaching plans. We've got our fitness plans. We've got our nutrition plans, our one-to-one biohacking plans. If you want to work with me, learn a little bit more about ancestral wisdom, a little bit about esoteric spirituality, and how to combine that with today's cutting-edge biohacking sciences in order to upgrade you on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. Also, guys, I'm going to throw this one out here again, is that I am looking for affiliates for the brand. So if you guys are liking what you see on Instagram, which is my main sort of domain uh, at Primal Alchemy UK, if you guys are liking that sort of look, you're liking the brand, you're liking the vibe, and you think you can contribute, then give me a shout and let's hook up and let's uh, let's see what you, we can do for each other with doing some form of affiliateship between us. Uh, yeah, just if you're interested... It means that you'll be able to get access to all the latest releases on the Primal Alchemy brand, all the products. You'll get exclusive lifelong discount codes. And yeah, really be able to spread the message far and wide, hit your audience, and maybe something uh, good can come between that. So the offer is there. If you're interested, hit me up on chris at primalalchemy.co.uk or just message me on Instagram, drop me a DM, and we'll work from it from there. So anyway, guys, moving forward on to today's episode, a really good episode. It's with my mate, Tris West. Tris is someone who I've come to become, I've come to become, yeah, I've come to become very close with him over the past uh, year. And Tris owns his own health food store in Bristol in the United Kingdom. One of the best health food stores in the country, if not probably the world. Uh, He it's totally legit, switched on, knows his shit when it comes to so many different avenues and um, factors, variables within the equation of human optimization. He knows about the material realm in terms of breaking down foods that we need to eat, the, the nutrients, compounds, everything within food that would be vital for factoring into complete health. Tris is switched on with and he also knows a lot about the uh the non-material the spiritual realm the emotional realm 
the subtle energy realm and how that affects us and ways in order that we can integrate practices and protocols into our life to develop a stronger communion uh, com- communication with that sort of spiritual essence inside of us and overall just a fucking next level human being and it's been great to really grow close to him over the previous year and i was wanting to get him onto the podcast and yeah we had a lot of shit to talk about so we cover some of tris's best um recommended superfoods that he sells through his stores this ranges from um adaptogenic herbs uh chinese medicinal herbs and just other sort of um full spectrum superfoods and then we started to go a little bit more esoteric, talk about the power of the English language, word magic. We talked about the dangers of 5G. Both of us being from Bristol, 5G is quite an important subject because we're one of the first cities in the UK to have an active rollout of the technology. So uh, Tris is also uh, one of the founders of the Bristol 5G Safety Forum. So he's pretty switched on when it comes to the harmful effects of electromagnetic radiation and 5G. Um, Yeah, 5G radiation. So it was uh, great to cover some of that with him. We also cover some some of our uh, pet hates on the social justice warrior movement, political correctness, global warming, all the type of shit that triggers people, you know. You know, the sort of uh, people and subjects we're talking about. But uh, yeah, overall, guys, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I hope you enjoy it too. So let's get on with it. Morpheus, show these fools what's up. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. As above, so below, what lies without resides within. Time for growth to begin. Mental, physical, and spiritual, we find balance with all three as we focus on totality. The whole, not the half, this is for those on a spiritual path. Looking for the clues to the answers of life. But the truth ain't always nice, so leave your ego at the door. Let your inner lion roar and your spirit soar as we go deep down to the molecular level. Tap into the body with some yogic breath. Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test. Like the shamans of old, we use nature to heal. With a little bit of DMT to reveal. This whole life journey is a little surreal. And your mind needs a leader, not a follower in life. Let your mind be the master and you pay a hefty price. This next 60 minutes is about self mastery it's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey but we up to empower with this red pill initiation hour with this red pill initiation hour brought to you by Prima Okami the matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth Okay, three, two, one, and sweet Krishna, we are fucking live, guys. Episode 25 of the Red Pill Initiation Hour, we're back, and as always, we're in for a big episode today. A little bit of a different one today, actually. We've got an amazing guest on, guys, and it's one of my own personal soul brothers. Uh, I've known this guy for the past year and a half or so, and literally the relationship has just grown and got so fucking strong and energetic over the past few months and we were going back and forth saying 
how we wanted to get him on and we've got so much to talk about and this guy is like a pandora's box when it comes to just deep deep spiritual wisdom and just like me he not only does he talk the talk but he walks the fucking walk and that's the most important bit guys it really is a pleasure to have him on so i just want to give a massive welcome to mr tris west how's it going man got you on finally yeah man <laughs> big thanks for the uh epic intro actually but um yeah it's good to be on and we've been uh trying to get this dialed in and rooted for a couple of months haven't we so today it has conspired yeah the stars have aligned brother the stars have aligned and it was uh like we were saying we were working on this for months and we had dates set and then something popped up and then something changed and now we have finally got some time to uh yeah lay it all down and tell people what's up and Something that, as as I was saying just before we started, I always get the uh, the guests to do a uh, sort of a breakdown of their journey. Like on most podcasts, they always give like an introduction of what they're about. But for me, it's always about the journey. I want to know like, how did you become who you are now? And yeah, what really shaped you into the character that you are today, dude? And yeah, just just drop some shit, dude. And we're just, uh, we're branch off from there. Yeah, cool. So yeah, with a question like that, I mean, you always got to go right back to, you know, to the core of childhood, really, and the influences there, which for me, was my mum, she was always, um, she had these kind of, she was always alternative and into her tarot cards. And, you know, a bit of a a modern day kind of, uh, I wouldn't want to say which, but, you know, slightly mystic mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, that had that must have had a bit of a imprinting on me, even though I was quite young. And yeah, so I went through life eating and living a kind of generally normal diet and life and lifestyle and and everything. But I think that particularly that young, you know, formative years between one and six, that was quite strong with my mum. And then she shifted. Then I must have shifted into like more of the the mainstream style. And yeah, I mean, my journey has been, I've got background in a lot of sports, um, a little bit of bodybuilding back in the day, lots of extreme sports like skating and, uh, you know, biking and mountain biking. And yeah, I used to just get a lot of injuries and always felt like I just always had these niggles and injuries. I was quite young, you know, I was like, this is in 16 or 15 years old. And I just, you know, never quite... I just thought it was normal. I just thought it's normal to have like constant inflammation. And yeah, things kind of carried on for a few years. And then I actually, it was my partner, Joe, uh, who I got with uh, when I was about 18 years old. So I'm 29 now. So, mm-hmm. you know, over a decade ago. And she was, um, she was vegan and I wasn't. <laughs> and which was quite amazing that she was, very tolerant with that because I used to eat loads of steaks and you know like like not not just uh, I wouldn't say that's like a bad thing particularly but lots of junk food you know lots of low low grade fast food takeaways and shit and she kind of just rolled with that and yeah like a few years in her influence actually made me shift and I thought right I'm gonna give this veganism thing a go it looks like there's some cool athletes doing really well on it I was really into rock climbing 
Um, and I realized, okay, yeah, I think you can get all your protein needs. So I kind of went vegan. Um, then I discovered Dan, the man, the life regenerator, the guy on YouTube, who's quite famous, uh, who's kind of well into his juicing and spirituality. And I just thought when I saw this guy, uh, topless outside of his, uh, like his trailer van, just juicing, living life, looking amazing. (laughs) I just thought, you know, he's just spitting wisdom and it just hit me and it resonated with me. And I just thought, right, cool. I've just gone vegan. I'm two months into veganism, but And I already feel pretty good. I feel pretty light and my inflammation seems to be better. But what about, you know, that's all I've done is gone vegan. So what about juicing? So I started juicing, like almost an exclusively juice diet even. I'm I'm quite an extreme person when I get into stuff. So I did the juice thing for a few months. I was like detoxing like ridiculous amount of um, stuff. That's all I'll say. I lost a load of weight. (laughs) And kind of felt really light and good compared to how I had felt before, but, you know, gone through the motions with it as well. And then from there, um, I kind of just got really into health and I, I, I didn't go the whole raw food route. I did that for some time. I kind of went through the whole spectrum, you know, of, of different uh, takes on the, the vegan and the plant-based thing and the raw food thing and the living foods thing um, and then the superfoods thing. And yeah, went through the motions, you know, and I guess, I guess I was about in 2011, this was like a really formative experience for me that actually really shifted, shifted my entire consciousness out, like from where it was to a whole new set of paradigms, which was when I actually first took uh, some mushrooms um, and I had just the the most profound realization of what reality was and what my place in it is and the nature of what it is to be human and the nature of the amount of fear paradigms and beliefs that get attached to us or we attach ourselves to and I guess when that happened I had this deep nostalgia of of my timeless nature and the timeless nature of uh, everything and everyone and uh when you have this kind of realization, so much has to change if you really digest this thing, you know. A lot has to change in a really positive way. So I realized, for example, what the placebo effect was like instantly. And I knew how to make that conscious like instantly. Now, this isn't something you could guarantee you would understand on mushrooms for the first time. And not necessarily you would even need mushrooms to understand this. But for me, that was like the trigger that really locked into my into my consciousness, into my brain and opened up and loosened my paradigms to allow uh, like a cosmic download, basically. And then from that point, I never saw life, anything like I'd seen it in the past, um, again, moving forward. And then from there, you know, that took me down a, a route of spirituality. And again, with the health and realizing that health is actually based quite a lot around metaphysics, um, which is you know, it's above physics, it's your consciousness, it's your emotions, it's your psychosomatic feedback into your body, um, which actually made me start to realise that al- alchemy that we we will hold within us or that we can all tap into. And this also re-contextualised the food thing as well, um, making me realise that, yeah, the food plays a major role, but 
in some sense you can do very well on many different things because it's the way you see receive it connect with it um at energetic levels that makes a huge huge different you know huge difference and uh yeah i'd say that those were like the most formative years for me in terms of like starting this journey so in a nutshell it was my partner and it was mushrooms <laughs> i got on this journey yeah interesting man because obviously when i first met you you were still this was a few years after uh the the breakdown you've just given and you were pretty um pretty sort of dialed in with the with the vegan uh sort of i don't want to say character but the like the the vegan costume appearance that you had it was uh it was interesting and it was almost as if i caught you right at the end of a of one yeah of a big cycle a big cycle i mean i did veganism for for nine years you know so between um going vegan to literally i would say the last half year um i've made the shift actually to include some really intelligently um you know, uh, implemented uh, animal products. So yeah, nine years up to last year. So it's been a big journey in the veganism thing. Yeah, man. And just to uh, just to give everyone the heads up of what you're about now, if you give them a breakdown of like your health food store, Chi, that you own, you got the Bio Chi, which is your new brand that you're setting up as well. And yeah, just give everyone a sort of, um, yeah, cool. sort of, yeah, just a breakdown of what's going on there. And then we're, uh, We'll push off of that. Yeah, great. I mean, so where I'm at now is, yeah, I run a, um, you could say it's a cutting edge health shop and organic uh, fruit and veg uh, wholesalers, all in one integrated shop, which is in Bristol in the Southwest in the UK. And yeah, we're like a health resource and we, we literally do cutting edge products that, for example, we've probably got a good set of, uh, products and brands that aren't anywhere else in the whole of the UK. Um, we do certain really specialist products. I, I, we select really carefully what we have, and we don't have rubbish in the store. Stuff that you know, if there's a better version of it, we uh, we just don't even bother. It's just like a very um, it's almost like a biohacking, quite a refined biohacking and health and wellness shop. So that's what I'm running. I've been doing that for three years just over three years and I'm starting a nutritional brand as well called BioChi and that's going to be live in I would say about two and a half months so we're looking at sort of May early May end of April time so yeah and that's going to be a Shilajit CBD which is a very special type of CBD and uh, a special type of marine phytoplankton as well yeah for sure man i mean i remember when i first come into your store and just like connected with you for the first time and one of the things that we really sort of vibed on was the shilajit because obviously i told you about my story of being out in nepal and being up in the himalayas and finding that they were consuming this sort of black tar like substance and i was like what the fuck are these guys eating out here like what the hell is this and they all have like really good uh standards of health out there for 
for our Western perspective, anyway, they a Westernized perspective, they are a lot healthier than we uh, seem to give that part of the world credit to. And it was interesting. And I was like, I was intrigued. So I was asking the locals, I was like, yeah, what, 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 what's this about? Like, what is it? And I seen like the whole production method that they go through the, um, the treatment of it and how they, how they get it, um, how they, well, first how they select it because they don't just take it all. They select certain bits of it and then they, and then they do a certain like heat treatment of it as well. Like real old school, traditional, um, traditional techniques that's been obviously been passed down from generation to generation and yeah i was lucky enough to be in um to be in Kathmandu, and i found an ayurvedic practitioner who uh sourced his he had a good source of it from the himalayas itself and yeah he was just like what the fuck is this like white boy doing first in Kathmandu because there's not many white people in Kathmandu for a start it's mostly just obviously Nepalese and then not only that he's asking about Shilajit and he was had like a total shock on his face and obviously the the Nepalese people are like the kindest people in the world and he took me into the back of his uh into the back of his little medical hut and he showed me like yeah he just he initiated me he showed me what was up with the Shilajit and how uh epic yeah nice download like, from a, yeah and it was <laughs> it was so strange man it was uh because I, I, li- I, w- I remember being in my hotel that i was in and i was looking for places um to do with to, to get shilajit and there were just like zero places that were coming up on google maps and i was like fuck it's like it's Kathmandu, do man it's the fucking capital like surely there's gonna be something around here and i then i searched up like ayurvedic practitioners and there's obviously quite a few and I literally just spent like a day just walking from place to place to place and then I went through all of them and I was just like oh man like no one's got this like what the hell it's all up in the mountains and they've got them up there but why has no one got it down here and then I just happened to be walking back um and I was near what's known as Swami Swami Ambunath I don't know if I can pronounce it properly which is like one of the big temples up there and it was just around one of the back alleys and I kind of just like peeked my head in through a door, which I don't know why. I just had some sort of intuitive feeling to like just randomly just poke my head through some random door. And I peeked in. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just peeked in. And then there was like this guy there just like giving, like weighing out some different herbs for someone. And then I look, and then I kind of like looked, I was like, oh, hey. And then I went to go look at, I went to like stand away and then continue walking. And then I, and then, um some of the stuff on his shelves caught my eye and then I, I went back in and he was like well he did his best to say in broken english can i help you and i was just like fuck it why not uh shilajit like just literally yeah shilajit and uh yeah he he his eyes lit up and he was like oh he's like shilajit shilajit i was like fucking hell here we go and then yeah just it was so strange how it happened and then from that moment on, I was just hooked on this stuff. Like I was, that's kind of one of the reasons why I created the Primal Alchemy brand is that I initially wanted to to um, get the Shilajit from Nepal and bring it over here and then sell it. And then obviously yeah. I ended up going down a slightly different route with making a bit more of a more complete brand. But uh, yeah, it all started with Shilajit, man. And then obviously walking into the store and then catching and then catching a, a conversation with you. And we were discussing it. It was just like, oh, okay. Tris knows what's up. He's talking. He yeah. knows what Shilaji is. And there was, there's not. It's only just become um, exactly it has, more, yeah. yeah, more mainstream in, in like the last year. 
like yeah, I mean, really not that long. I've been I've been consuming Shilajit for uh, actually it came into my reality a long time ago, maybe uh, eight or nine years ago, because um, I was hanging around hanging about with uh, some pretty interesting guys. Who uh, there's a guy called Sky, who's one of the original. Uh, you know, superfood dudes in the UK, one of the raw fooder, sort of like modern day wizard um, mm-hmm. kind of guys you might meet uh, in pure synchronicity somewhere. <laughs> and he <laughs> he actually brought the whole idea of superfoods over to the UK with uh, David Wolf back in the day. Wow, he is one of the original ones. Yeah, so I kind of had this lucky experience of crossing paths at Raw Fest um years and years ago and he had this big like tub of it he always had shilajit and it was always this kind of freaky kind of black stuff and you kind of just try and chew it and dissolve it in your mouth and it's like crazy potent and then yeah we always sort of you know use shilajit year to year and then just suddenly i would say three or two years ago everyone discovered it and um i mean it's a great thing because for the modern human the modern person you could pretty much throw away so many supplements that just because of the, how broad uh, the benefits are of Shilajit and how applicable it is for, you know, the food we're eating is so depleted and it fills so many of those gaps. It reduces the heavy metals um, in the body and it's great for mental acuity, sexual potency, immune system, um, you know, it's a nootropic, it's, it makes you feel good. It allows you to absorb other herbs way better that you mix it with. Um, it dilates and, and cleans the kidneys, uh, the blood vessels. I mean, it's just phenomenal stuff. And that's even scratching the surface, to be honest. So, yeah, it's, it's something that's really close to my heart, actually, Shilaji. It's one of my daily uh, daily uh, herbal allies, you could say. Yeah, for like, it's the same for me, man. It's one of my daily non-negotiables. It's like it's I've always got to make sure that I have it in the morning, part of my sort of morning ritual, my morning routine that I have a little bit of shiraji with some distilled water. And sometimes I add a few little things in here and there. And uh, yeah, it's so potent, man. So It's so good. You can really feel the difference. And if you're really connected and sort of dialed in with your body, you can, uh, you can feel it straight away. And it, yeah, I mean, if you take a good dose of it, it can really uh, like open up the heart space. Actually, it can almost be uh like quite a profound experience and I always do recommend people take like just one time try like a bigger dose and you can really see in you can really tap in then see the energy and and the way it uh what it can do for you you know yeah so what's the uh what's the other things that you got going we might as well just cover the um the bio chi brand while while we're uh scratching the surface of the your whole uh yeah I mean the last thing I'll say with trilogy which is quite nice is for example, I did a, a two-week fast last year, and the only thing I did consume was shilajit. But in two weeks, you know, no food, just water. Having the shilajit actually allowed me to function at quite a high level still. So uh, five days in, I'm out in the ocean, swimming around coves in quite strong currents. Uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 days in, I'm like loading bands, unpacking pallets, physical work. And I know I know the difference because I've done fasting before without uh, any minerals or anything, just literally just water. And it changed the whole game. And I still felt like it actually assisted the fast, like it dropped me deeper mm-hmm. into it. 
and allowed me to function, which is pretty phenomenal. It's like it was uh, all in one food for my body. And that's there's not many other things I think that I could do that in some sense, you know. Yeah, it's it's magical, man. It has magical properties to it. And it's uh, the old monks up in the monasteries in the Himalayas don't take it for no reason. And it's been used for thousands of years within Ayurvedic tradition for literally what you just said it can put it can really enhance not just the physical body the mental body the emotional body but also that spiritual body as well and it's it's one of the most cherished and well respected um like you said herbal allies within the yeah uh, i mean in the vedic system it's the one of the highest regarded herbs is shilaji it's it's really respected and in in its in its power and you can imagine like with um, certain herbs have certain benefits to certain degrees. And then you have Shilaji, which comes along and it, it has such broad and powerful benefits that, like I say, you can replace a lot of other. You could probably save a lot of money, basically, on not so great supplements just by taking Shilaji. Yeah, man. And this ties in very nicely to another product that you were talking about that you just uh, that you're going to have available, which is the marine uh, phytoplankton. If you give us a little bit of a rundown on that, because that ties in very nicely. And then I'll tie that back to a point I want to make when you're done. Okay, great. Yeah. So marine phytoplankton is a microalgae that's uh, very similar to um, I guess it's not very similar, but, you know, like chlorella or spirulina, which is what people are commonly familiar with but it, it's it really stands out in terms of it contains pure atp which is what all your other food breaks down into so you get an instant shot of cellular energy that your body doesn't have to break down at all or convert this also goes straight into the brain the eyes i mean i had a friend who took plankton who can take his glasses off and he could actually just he was like i don't need my glasses this is like quite a profound experience right now um just by eating a piece of plankton and 10 minutes later he can just see which also shows how eyesight and the way we receive an image and process the image is actually a lot to do with the brain and not the eye Mm -hmm. um which is just an interesting side point but same thing man The, the eye is the visible part of the brain yeah good point yeah and yeah the the plankton is just really rich in uh you know all the fatty acids um like you know like epa and everything so it gives you especially for vegans you know like if you're going to do the vegan thing at least have a good portion of plankton going in because if you want to get dha um and epa then you're going to struggle even from chlorella and spirulina that's where plankton really is a great thing for plant-based people but yeah plankton we we used to call it marine hypoplankton because it just gives you crazy energy um, it's a, like a mineral supplement, mm-hmm. a bit like shilajit, and it's a it's a great mood enhancer. Actually, it does make you feel very good and uh, very lucid and crystal clear sort of vision, you know. Yeah, and the I really do love it, man, for the fact that one of what you were saying about the the high DHA content, and I'm very dubious when it comes to any DHA based supplements or in any sort of polyunsaturated fats that are not that are in a oil form just because they oxidize so yeah they oxide oxidize so easily and having the phytoplankton be it's like the it's it's a whole food form of dha and then if you were to do the phytoplankton with the shilaji so you've got the fulvic acid in the shilaji which is going to expand 
the cellular membrane, which is mm-hmm. then going to pull in, like you said, the pure adenosine triphosphate, the ATP, mm-hmm. into the cell. It's going to pull the EPA, the DHA into the cell. And then if you do some sun gazing as well, and obviously you've got the DHA built up in the, in the eyes itself to convert that sort of photon into the DC current, and you just fucking supercharge yourself. Absolutely. It's, it, um, I mean, it allows you to um, yeah, powerful. You know, harness photons and energy from your environment better, so it optimizes the mitochondria. And, uh, you know, there is, you know, a lot of people getting a bit kind of, there's a bit of controversy around omega-3s and DHA, but a lot of it comes down to the form. And, you know, plankton is a whole food and it's still intact and it still has a spectrum of everything that would have been there with it, including antioxidants that stop it from going rancid. So it's a very fresh and almost fundamental form of uh, of, of DHA. It's, you know, it feeds the oceans. Um, in fact, plankton, according to NASA, which is always a bit of a questionable thing, but according to them, <laughs> It creates ninety percent of the oxygen in the in the atmosphere as well. So that's profound when you think all these trees are doing it. But plankton literally fills your body with uh, oxygen, and it does the same on the planet. So it has this kind of a, as above, so below kind of effect as well. Ooh, yeah. yeah, man, I love that. And then last but not least, the old CBD. Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of the people listening to this will know a bit about CBD, but. The one we, we've got coming in is um, it's actually three types of biodynamically grown uh, land race. And that's the difference. Land race, original strain hemp. So it's it's just the genome as it should be, undistorted, un, not stretched. And it's not all about CBD. There's hundreds of cannabinoids. And it's the synergy. It's the entourage effect of all of these terpenes and uh, alkaloids and cannabinoids coming together that create healing and yes cbd is one of the major factors um but yeah when you've got land race biodynamically grown hemp when you you can truly say it's full spectrum because of the uh because of all the different you know terpenes that you're going to get out of it and yeah it's just a really special cbd it's got a really powerful effect it's got a very effective effect it hasn't got this kind of um overbearing yeah like overgrounding kind of stretched out effect that you might get on hybridized plants sometimes i mean some cbd can even get a little bit high but this one is more uh just very grounding in the nervous system it's like having a hug on the inside so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah 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 so man good break good breakdown and the cbd's definitely one that's going to be it has been really blowing up over the past few years and it's only really going to get bigger i mean again the uk is slacking still in drug reform so there's still loads of these preconceived ideas Mm. yeah i mean it's an interesting time though it's an interesting time because there is it looks like there's going to be a review in the uk of uh, 18 months a year and a half basically where they're actually asking everyone to stop selling it while they create new standards. So, you know, we're starting this new brand. It doesn't rely on CBD. So if this does happen, it's, you know, it's a real shame. But, you know, these pharmaceutical industry, uh, like this massive pharmaceutical industry, they they want it for themselves, man. And they, they want to make it very difficult for independents to be able to um, 
yeah have rights over this product which is just obviously a natural a natural plant so just a great perversion going on and you talk to any doctor and they'll often say yeah we we don't know about cbd and we can't recommend that yet they're trying to patent it and uh turn it into their product so it's an interesting i mean we all kind of know what's going on there i think <laughs> yeah and then like you said it's going to get very frankenstein-ish when they start genetically modified in cannabis and mm-hmm. uh, just everything together like you said starting to paint on different um different cannabinoids and it's it's interesting times to say the least in which we live in but I mean, the UK grow the most amount of le- uh, legal cannabis um, in Europe. So we're, we're one really? of the most massive producers, yet really super austere. And you're talking Theresa May's partner, uh, her husband, you know, like people right at the top doing this. Yet it, it's a huge paradox in the policies and stuff. So it is interesting times. <laughs> <clears throat> interesting man interesting and it's uh yeah i was really fascinated in in the whole uh endocannabinoid system like it was at one point in time when i was at university i was about the largest system in the body which they found five years yeah ago. five years yeah ago. they just discovered i was <laughs> yeah i was i was very interested in it. And there's a good a uh, good book called the cannabis health index by a guy called uri Blessing. I want to say that's his name. It's U W E. I don't know if that's how you would pronounce it. Yui. Am I saying that right? How would you say U W E? Is that Yui? Uh, Yui. Yeah. Yeah. Yui Blessing. His name is, and he's a a PhD over in the states. And he his book is really amazing, and it breaks down the endocannabinoid system. You look at the CB one, CB two um cellular receptors and i got really deep into at one point where i wanted to do like a phd i wanted to follow it up and really sort of get in on it because i could i seen the future of medicine was closely uh the path with the path of of the medicine of the future is very closely linked with our understanding of these um immunomodulating uh receptor sites in the body and there's just so much to learn about it still still but again and as you know always... our liver produces a lot of uh, cannabinoids naturally as well so they can be external they can be internal and again if if you're nourishing your system right we we can actually start producing uh, a good spectrum of cannabinoids um it's in chocolate as well and a few other herbs but it just shows yeah, you've got like an andamide in chocolate, which which acts on the the cannabinoid uh, sites yeah, as well. Yeah, and it just shows our affinity with this plant and our history, and how it literally locks right into our DNA, um, which is quite profound actually. Especially how recent this discovery is, and how dogmatized it's been. And yeah, I mean, like the occults, the elites. Cannabis is a very triggering and dirty word because they know it's um, it's like a key for the modern person or the human to uh, kind of start unpicking and realizing greater empowerment in their own health, well-being, knowledge, spiritual levels. You know, it's quite a profound plant. Yeah. Yeah, it, it allows you to uh, when used correctly, of course, it, you, it allows you to shed a few layers of your perception of self off to the point where you begin to question a lot of uh a lot of previously unquestioned um ideas and 
motives that you kind of defined yourself with that you identified yourself with for a long time and it really did a like man like growing up i used to fucking demonize it i used to hate on people that smoked weed i was i was so um militant with that shit and i was like anyone i remember just like my friends when they were like 16 and they were smoking weed and i was like you fucking losers i was like what the hell are you doing with your life is this what it's starting you're 16 and you're starting on this shit already next thing you know you're gonna be doing coke and heroin fuck you guys and yeah i got got to university 18 and it was offered to me and i was like you fucking serious i like look at me I, i got no interest in doing that shit but I don't know, something happened and I took it once or twice and I was like, this stuff's overrated. And then I think there's a point that you hit where it's like a threshold point and then I hit it and then everything just clicked and fit together and it was like an awakening. And I was like, oh shit, if I was wrong about that, then I'm probably wrong about a lot of things. And yeah, that's that's when it all kind of started for me with uh, going down that rabbit hole. But again, man, uh really interesting i mean an interesting thing about cannabis is that a lot of the fruit and veg or a lot of the vegetables particularly that we consume and a lot of the plants of the modern day actually go back to cannabis it's actually one of the most fundamental plants on this planet so even a romanesco cauliflower Mm. is like a trichone from the cannabis plant when you get into it and it's like it's a it's the fractal trichone um that's where it goes back to i think it was a hybrid um actually of a plant that was related to cannabis and then like some kind of broccoli or something or cauliflower um anyway very strange how how that plant has influenced us in ways we don't realize. yeah there's there's some far out theories about it there's some far out theories about it not being from earth originally that it was brought to earth from <sighs> don't know some some source that was otherworldly supposedly it relates to the dog star Sirius um there's a lot of tribal uh communities in Africa that have this idea of relating cannabis to Sirius A um mm-hmm. interesting I don't know enough about it to be able to give you like a full breakdown on what that history yeah. was I've just I read a few books back in the day when I was really in deep on it and and there, there really is a cannabis means cane of two sexes. That's can, yeah, yeah, and then um, can and then bi is two, and s is sex. So, I mean, I haven't gone into yeah, exactly. I haven't decoded it further, but it means cane of two sexes. So that's something to meditate on. Cane, and then almost like canine, and then canine. The dog star, serious, maybe there's. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that was that's like what you said then. That's that's breaking it down, and that is kind of the relationship. But there was more to it than that. Yeah, cane, canine, dog star. It's it's something with that man. I'd have to uh, re reread the literature on it to really mm-hmm. sort of freshen my mind on it. But yeah, interesting. And while while we we're just on the subject of just like health optimization, uh, yeah. Tris, whatever sort of shit have you been doing? What works? What doesn't? Like, what's your sort of uh, What's your go-to nowadays? Is is there anything on the horizon that you see might be that might sort of make a name for itself in 2019 that people are li- that are listening can uh, sort of have a look into? Interesting question. I mean, there's a few questions in that. It's kind of like what what do I think is some of the most you know potent and profound things you can do for health, but also what are the fads? 
the fads, I'm not sure what, what the next thing is on the horizon. Honestly, I think um, apple cider vinegar still or is still seeming to be like this constantly refreshed thing. But to get real about it, it all comes back to the breath, really, for me. Because the breath, mm-hmm. when you can breathe properly, you can think properly. And when you can think properly, you can inform your uh, energetic cellular biofrequency system that is your human body in a way that literally creates health. Okay, so there's like a psychosomatic feedback. So the the breath, though is almost like the most fundamental movement in this universe, the the in and the out and the rhythm and the depth and what that can create. So it's often the thing that's right in front of us that's free and it all starts with the breath. The breath informs, like I say, the thoughts and it, it cleanses the blood. Often people are eating and consuming foods which, because they're not breathing properly, they're playing like a compensation game of trying to balance their homeostasis because they're not breathing. And yeah, I just think that's a point I really want to make, basically. It's something I've really tapped back into is breath work as being a major component for health and just keeping like a yogic breath throughout the day. Um, as a mm-hmm. Is there any any styles of breathing that you're uh, particularly into or you've experimented with that you've seen good uh, results Yeah, I with? mean, generally just the yogic breath, which is just through the nose, and then just back out through the nose. But you're talking, you know, you might want to breathe in for like four seconds and out for four as well. It's slow breathing, deep belly breaths, and mm-hmm. sometimes breathe all the way out, like completely. And then you can pump and pull in the abdominal muscles. And um, it's like a reset of your nervous system and your energy system and your emotional system. So at any point in the day, you can just do this. You can... Uh, breathe everything out pull in in your in your stomach and uh from that moment onwards you're in like a new reality a new portal and it's a great way to break habits and to break cycles or to reset the energy when it's getting a bit out of hand um that's one i sometimes use once or twice a day just to get back on track but this goes right into the health like breath is alchemy you know Mm, yeah it's good to bring the uh the unconscious into conscious light and it's uh mm-hmm. you could do stuff like box breathing so if you like visually um well yeah visualize the creation of a box while you're breathing so if you draw the bottom line to the left and that's going to be your inhale and then you count to like just say three so you do a three second inhale then you hold mm-hmm. for three seconds which is going to be the upward stroke and then you're going to exhale for three seconds which is going to be the right hand stroke, and then as you go down to complete it, that's going to be your ex. That's going to be your um your exhale hold, or your sort of when your lungs are empty, and you just and that's like a nine second breath, and then you breath, and then you come continue that cycle, and then yeah, you try to get to like five six breaths a second, a second a minute, sorry, and you can you can like really reprogram your subconscious. It's like recoding um a lot of um yeah recoding the subconscious and i mean people are really starting to get a grips now with um how important the breath can be and another thing to really sort of be aware of though it's like just being conscious that although it is important being to to focus on your breath it's also important to focus on the quality of the air that you're breathing as well and most 
yeah, most of the time we're just breathing in shit air. It's it's contaminated with all the shit up in the skies from the chemtrails. It's in... and it's you know how long can you go without breathing? You know, I mean, you can not eat, you can not drink, but it just shows. It, it just comes straight back to yeah, that's the most fundamental thing potentially for for our our health to get right is the breath and yeah there's many obviously different types and of of breath work you can do um but these are like just a basic awareness around breath throughout the day can literally just change your life however you want to do it yeah there's um what's your what's your opinion anyway tris i'm just uh, i'm just out of interest what's your opinion on like nanoparticles within the air that we breathe and just yeah like nanotechnology it's loaded it's loaded i mean i've got a customer that comes in and he's all about air purification that's his whole kick and he's very much into he he knows what's going on as well at a big level he's very well informed but he's very intelligent and he creates all these devices and he he uses high power torches and he can shine middle of the day in any room and it picks up metallic which are invisible to the human eye thick clouds of metallic particles which are not dust because of the way they're reflecting and yeah man we're 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 breathing in a crazy amount that's all i'll say when you see these videos and these clips he's got um which is on the streets and inside buildings particularly it's something to be aware of and it's something i think we need to have some zeolites and some activated charcoal um distilled water we need these things in the modern world now because we are getting slammed. There is just no two ways about it, as far as I'm, I've researched and understood. So, literally hit from every angle, man. Literally, the food that we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, the the sounds we hear, everything. It's just total bombardment. Just constant stressors mm-hmm. that are hitting the body, just locking us into that fear state of reality. And it's uh, yeah. And then the fear state has this um, epigenetic effect, which creates a degeneration. So one of the best things is, again, back to the breath, because the breath creates, you can create fear and it creates peace. Mm -hmm. So the breath is alchemy. So sticking with it, it will allow your, your state of being to be in the best, most fortified state it can be. Your, your chi shield or your cosmic egg, like you can create that with, breath work i like to do for example i do thai massage and so that i can approach someone with like a strong energy field and i don't end up picking up stuff or um, having my vibe completely flattened i can stand really straight and take a deep breath in with my hands coming up the front of my uh my chest almost like the front of my spine until reaching all the way up and then as you breathe out you trace all to the sides all the way down and this literally creates a, a powerful electromagnetic field around you. Mm. You feel it. It's, pa- it's just Qigong, basically. And there's something major to that. And I always suggest people try this because um, it almost doesn't sound like it's uh, it's going to be quite profound. But it's so simple and it really is. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so many um, different forms, techniques, practices, protocols, methodologies of energy cultivation. And it's so important yeah. in today's age because we're so, so depleted on a cellular level of energy. And we need, really need to learn how to make the most of the energy we've got. 
and all these ancient energetic practices, be it like you said, Qigong, Tai Chi, um, what's the uh, what's the Japanese ones like Shih Tzu, Massage, oh, fuck, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're, they're... they they have one called Jure, which is oh, a bit okay. like Reiki. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of these a lot of these practices are not, uh, more important than ever. It's mm-hmm. like back back in ancient times, we would have been much more energetic. We would have been much more connected to the subtle energy fields within us, Absolutely. around us, and just as the universe is a totality. And yeah, now that we're now that we've lost that sense, that sense of energy, yeah. we're just blind to it. And we have yeah, it's just, it's the exact same as someone who, for example, if they uh. Yeah, if if someone had no sense of smell and you farted next to them, they wouldn't know that they're inhaling shit particles. And mm-hmm. it's the same with us. We've just got, we've just hit the state where we've got this. We're blind. We're like, in for a metaphor, blinded to these energies, these subtle energies that play just as an important role in our body than than the biochemical reactions in the body. Like that's one of the uh, the westernized sort of perspectives that's been forced into us the materialistic reductionistic uh paradigm is that we are biochemical in nature which granted we are but we're also electrical and the the electricity is the fundamental energy source of the universe like if you look at the the work of well fucking nikola tesla some of the other sort of real masterminds of the age like walter russell they all have they all came up with these um well, in essence, laid the foundation for what's now known as the electric uh, electric universe. That everything is electricity. Everything is light. Everything, everything is, light. is yeah yeah. Everything is emanation emanations of light. Exactly. Everything is light, and it's either in harmonic or disharmonic states. Um, for example, you know, we could be breathing in oxygen, and if you're in the right environment, that can be extremely nourishing. And it can be charged, it can be structured, it's got codes in, in the actual molecules themselves. When you're in a 5D environment, for example, suddenly mm-hmm. there's a, the light is being distorted and you can't utilise it. So it is, it is intense at where we're going and what's happening. Even the air we're breathing is starting to become distorted at a big level. Um, but... I kind of like to wind this back sometimes to just remembering that this is a holographic universe. That is fundamentally the truth. And whether you realize it or not, you can come to that experience through many means. Science is showing it. If you do an entheogenic plant journey, you'll probably figure that out yourself. So with that understanding or overstanding or inner standing fully integrated into your your state of being, your consciousness, you can realize that actually we we are actually powerful, powerful creators here and it's actually all a projection as well. And it is all in flux and we do have a lot of power over this within our consciousness and whether it's is something we identify with. So for example, I I like to go back to the potential of breatharianism because I know it's quite a controversial subject. I know breatharians and I've met breatharians and I've gone through fasted states and I've tipped into and felt shifts within my belief systems that made me realize, actually, I'm, I can tap into the, the uh, energy and nourishment that's all around us in the field, in, in this environment, because the, the air is loaded with energy. 
you know, the ground, the sun and the environment. And it's kind of whether your state of being is open to receiving it as well. So there's actually great abundance, but we are almost putting the brakes on and the plugs in in our minds that don't let us realize that. <clears throat> and believing is seeing <laughs> and believing is we manifest what we believe. So it's like a self-realization of our beliefs, which is quite interesting because we can, uh, if you think something's true, then it's true because you think it's true. It's the biology of belief, bro. Yeah. And then it's like transcending that and lifting out of like beliefs because you've got all this evidence in front of you that they're real because you're believing them. This is like the spiritual journey. I think this is uh, the tran- this is the ascension almost journey as well. Like transcending these uh, three dimensional paradigms, this is where you can start tapping into the ether. You can start um, going into the metaphysical. You can then start influencing, and if you know, like this whole reality at a bigger level. And we are all, we all have this etheric body within us, and and this level to us, and in some sense we're being manipulated. Like there's a lot of rituals that happen on this planet. There's a lot of um, we, a lot of us partake in them unconsciously with the words we say. We're casting spells that we don't even know what they mean or what they do, but we've been heavily programmed uh, to do so. You might see it at like a Smashing Pumpkins gig. It's all satanic in, uh, imagery. They have people singing certain things, and people just kind of roll with it because the energy is so potent and powerful, and it kind of just takes over. But yeah it's thick in our media like we we're we're all creating this so if you can see a problem you're part of the problem and i'm not saying it's easy to find the solution because of that but knowing that and realizing that is the route to empowerment to to fixing that problem um so anyway i've just gone off on like a bit of a ramble there from one thing to the next but i'm sure you're i hope you're still following me (laughs) yeah no i'm totally on board with you man and like you said like there's a lot of rituals at play and human humans are ritualistic beings and it's because we've disconnected it's because we are subconsciously led through these rituals from these individuals with alternative motives that are that are not beneficial for our own state of being is where we are now but humans humans have that unique um that unique ability in that we are the only beings in the let's say on earth in the third dimension where we can actually consciously create rituals and it always has been that way since the beginning dawn of man uh the ancient adepts the ancient sages of old like all the most knowledgeable people in throughout history were all used to used to partake in rituals all the time it's so important and because what we do what it's now it's kind of made fun of it's like it's a joke it's like you see anyone that talks about ritual in any sense or any form it's like laughed at and you're sort of a clown but behind closed doors the people that are really running shit man they're the, they're the biggest culprits for enjoying a good ritual yeah, yeah. they enjoy a good they, they understand frequency yeah you know we live in a like you were saying an electric universe we live in a quantum universe um what we observe and how we observe it changes what we see yeah and still somehow to this day we still love newtonian physics we still love materialism we seem to be loving solipsism and uh nihilism because we can't for some strange reason integrate 
the quantum understanding of this nature. And when you get into rituals, this is where you can really go into some portals into this quantum field and create what we're seeing fundamentally. And you can see how someone who's left brain dominant is going to struggle with that because they only see the dots. They don't see the web, mm. the whole creation. They're not in the spotlight mode. Sorry, the the um, the floodlight, they're in the spotlight. They can only see the points That's... and they're lost in the dark or left in the dark. Ah. Left in the dark, you know? <laughs> love it, man. That's... that's a good book by Tony Wright, by the way. It's worth a read, Left in the Dark. Yeah, I love that, man. And that's that's literally, it's a good point. Like that's what ritual really is. It's, it's, it's dialing in to the quantum field and setting your intention and then being, and then manifesting it. It's the observer effect. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. like, energy flows where attention goes and these are what rituals really are they might look fucking goofy when you see people in robes and they're stood in certain geometrical um sort of patterns on the floor and they're chanting certain things they're sending out vibrations Mm -hmm. through their through their vocal um intonations and what it looks goofy it looks like a hollywood film but shit works and there's there's a lot of interest in science behind it if you're willing to like you said look at it from the middle ground if you're left if you're left brain dominant then yeah it's going to be hard you're going to be very logistical analytical thinking you're going to look at it and be like hmm, this is not fucking science mm-hmm. it's uh buffoonery but for me like i'm completely left-handed left-footed everything that i do is through the left side of my body so i utilize a lot of the right side of my brain and i've okay. always seen things uh in a connected manner that's how my sort of i'm wired to do and it's it's interesting i was talking to um the guy that i brought up the other day when we were talking uh chris walton Mm -hmm. and who's a performance psychologist uh for anyone who's listening check the podcast two podcasts before this and you've got me and hit me and chris going back and forth and he's invented something that he calls the gamma mindset and it's all about us as you know you've got these different uh wavelengths these different operational um, presets within the brain like alpha beta delta theta and so on and there's one that no one talks about called gamma and basically what gamma does is it allows that sort of intra hemispheric coherency where you've got that left and right brain um connection for a set amount of time and it basically just switches your brain on and it's like a hyper conscious state and it puts you into like a mystical state and there's ways of getting into this and one of it is through ritual through ritual if and that's why my time when i was in the freemasons i was so obsessed with learning the rituals like a lot of face value it looks stupid as fuck it's just people walking around in certain patterns and in certain directions and chanting certain things and you're looking at you like what the fuck is going on man like why the hell am i doing this but if you actually have that intention behind it it's a group ritual and it's the law of entrainment it's like you're gonna rise to the to the vibrational uh, frequency that you are sort of consciously trying to attain. And I really do believe that rituals are one just for just overall magic. That's one of the purposes, but two, I believe it's after talking to Chris and piecing together my own experience and my own sort of 
opinion on this that rituals are one way of putting yourself into what when experienced at it uh, putting yourself into a gamma state of consciousness and when you're in a gamma state of consciousness you are in a deep connected state of unification of the subconscious and conscious and then you become the creator of your reality you you become the living god that you really are but there's not many people that can get into this state and it's uh he he again chris uh laid it down really well like he he really broke it down to the fundamentals and some experiences that he's had of um research of when they did when they had these monks from tibet come over and they put like these um uh they basically recorded their brainwave patterns and they found that under in certain meditative techniques that they were using they were able to induce a they went from an alpha state to all of a sudden like this real sharp incline incline into the not only is it like a high it's not just like a high frequency but the amplitude of the wave is really high as well so it's like your brain is just receiving a lot of information very quickly and and this is gamma. yeah gamma gamma trust man it's, and obviously i don't know if i've shown you i got that brainwave um that audio visual entrainment device and it can tune your brain into certain frequencies but the one that it can't tune into is gamma and it seems like there seems to be something that technology technological means we can't induce a state of gamma uh coherency because i think it's something that is earned not something that's given and if you listen to binaural beats on the on like youtube and put like a gamma a frequency on chris told me that it they've done tests and it just puts you into an alpha state like there's no proof that it puts you into a gamma state and there's it's very hard to achieve these states of consciousness but that's what my um that's what my understanding is of that and just yeah kind of tying it back into the ritual mm-hmm. um the ritual part of this i really do believe that even though everything in life is like a big ritual, your life is a big ritual to your higher self, depending on what paths you take. And if you, uh, for me, it's all about sort of surrendering or sacrificing, I should say, the animalistic nature to, so that it within the altar of your heart, so that you, so that the higher self can accept that sacrifice and then present itself to you. Like that's ritual. doing like becoming attain trying to be the better version of yourself pursuing the path of self-improvement self-actualization is a ritualistic path and yeah i really do believe in the power of ritual (laughs) just to sum that up man i fucking just went off on the tangent like you did as well then (laughs) yeah no totally powerful thing to do and i think life is a ceremony it's an ongoing initiation it's an ongoing unfolding it's a shamanic experience just this whole existence um sometimes more obviously sometimes not but we're going through it in a very slow and dense way and you know it's it this is something i've been interested i wanted to get into this a little bit it's just some of the words we use yeah let's go so something something like magical so ma is mother g is god um i is the subconscious and Cal is call. So the mother god in my subconscious, I'm calling magical. Fuck, yes. Hit me up with some of this, Triz. Like, I know you've been working away on this for the past few weeks. And I want to go deep on this. Yeah. And, you know, like, if we're doing a miracle, it's me, which is my or me. Ra, which is sun. And Kul, call. I'm calling upon the sun because the sun is a portal. And this is the portal of creation. So when you get into the words... 
all words are coded, all words are meaningful. We talk English, which is comes from Engel or Angle or Angel. It's the language of the angels. So the English language is like heavily coded and it does if you can unpick and unwind this through phonetics and through the roots of these words, you can really figure out the new meanings of words you say all the time and what they kind of mean. For example, you go into a into a place, you go through an entrance, and you've been entranced. It's changed your state of being. You've been entranced into this new space, and you're in a different. Uh, you're in a trance state now. You know, it's it's mm. quite interesting these words that we use very commonly, and kind of just looking at them again from an etymological point of view, you can start to use. This is spelling. This is magic. This is where you can start using. Um, yeah, you can chant and use these words in a powerful way to create because they each word has its vibration you know yeah i mean again it's like you said it all relates back to vibration and it's the same as like as, as like if you're looking at it from like with gematria and you're assigning numerical values to the words itself like the the numbers we all know how numbers affect us and what n- numbers actually mean on a quantum level and again it just even the hieroglyphics of the numbers mm. for example mm. if you write out each one each letter one to nine and you do it at kind of 90 degree angles um you end up with zero has zero angles one has one angle two has two angles yes, three has this two one angles. love it so that's quite interesting yeah it's all essential isn't it just for example like the number nine is if you multiply anything by nine, what the answer, if you add up the two numbers in the answer in numerology, it always ends up as nine. So everything folds. Nine is like the start and the end of the cycle. And nine is a void. It's an O. And it's it looks like a sperm. So it's got this tail, which is like the eye, or it's the eye, like your eye, which is like the consciousness piercing the void. So it's kind of like the most archetypal sex sexual uh code hidden in a number because it's the void and it's the masculine and the feminine that creates and cycles constantly through itself and that's the number nine <laughs> and nine takes you back to zero and back to one and that's what yeah so it's 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 like the the most simple things can be broken down to a big level and in a very meaningful way you can go into each letter and each number <laughs> yeah there's so, there's so much more to this reality than meets the eye and we're just <laughs> kept yeah we're just we're just kept distracted yeah kept distracted with bullshit. And the, pen, the pentagram is a big one as well the pentagram is a sign of magic so going back to 5g 5g phi which is five which is the magical um gateway in some sense and then G is God. So it's kind of like, um, it, it's, yeah, it's like quite an occultist way to potentially code that into this new technology as well. You've got the pentagram, um, the pentagon, sorry, which is a pentagram. And yeah, like yeah, let's... O, which is like creates that shape of O and womb and um, creation. And then you've got pen 
which is like a pentagram. And that is how you open through the portal of the pentagram, the new reality. And we use pens to write down and code in and create magic with a pen. <laughs> oh, you... and it's right in front of us. Everything's right in front of us. And this is how we start to understand the magic we do and use all it's, the time. Now. It's secrets hidden in plain sight. And that's in the that's in the words we speak. It's in everything. It's like if you go look at some of the the ancient architecture of the uh oh yeah, the ancient world, it's all of the secrets are encoded in there within the dimensions they use with the frequency that's encoded within the building within the structure itself the symbology that's what I'm, that's it's it's everywhere man the world is magical we are magical beings in a magical world in a magical universe and we're just yeah. we're just so disconnected from it like literally we're we're just black we're blinded by that's we've been we are sheep we are sheep serving without knowing and sheep's serving backwards is speech uh, sorry it's reverse speech <laughs> i love it man i love i love this stuff i love listening to it because every time you hear it it just it just resonates with you and you're just like obviously it's like yes yeah. it just makes sense you're like that's obviously the intention of of what when these like who who was it who made the english language Ah, oh, I mean, the English language is like a collective creation. So, for example, even in intercymatics, the way you say something can actually create almost the same hieroglyph in sand. Like the O creates an O. Mm-hmm. So there's almost like a primordial level to it. Um, but the architects of language, I, I, I honestly, I'm not exactly sure where that goes into. To be fair, is English going to be the language that takes that allows us to? realize our our sort of the truth yeah our truth is english the language to do so because it encodes so much of the higher truths within it it does it does we're speaking english which isn't angel language it's ingle ish kind of english it's not Mm. quite it's been slightly bent and that's why you can't go exactly on the spelling you have to go into phonetics so uh here's let me just get like a definition. For example, you're deaf to phon- uh, phonetics. Basically, you have to <laughs> define something because you can't hear it. Yeah, that's. It's kind of slightly abstract, and you can definitely uh, think, "Oh wow, you know, this is uh, just a bit of a stretch." But when you get into it, the synchronicity of these words is um, is uncanny. Where where it leads you and how it paints a much bigger picture of what we're saying. So, Have you looked into Enochian language? I haven't, no. It might be worth looking into Enochian language, man. I might be able to connect some of the dots. Like, I did a lot of research. A while. Have you heard of John Dee before? Have, yeah. Yeah, so John Dee and his colleague, uh, Edward Kelly, they were um, sort of the... Well, John Dee was the um, like core astrologer to... I believe um, Queen Elizabeth in back in like the late 16th century. And apart from all of the other shit he got up to, he was like a polymath and he was like smart as fuck. But he, he, um, he created a way to be able to what he said, channel and talk to the angels. And he created a language called 
or like he created a wow. sect of magic, Enochian magic, but he he supposedly translated the the language of the angels into what he called like the Enochian okay. script. And very very interesting fella, man. Very very good because he was like the he kind of passed on his knowledge to um, Sir Francis Bacon, and then Sir Francis Bacon's obviously the one that's sort of thought to be behind Shakespearean, uh, the real sort of creator of the Shakespearean literature. And obviously Shakespearean literature itself holds a lot of hidden symbolic truths. And if Francis Bacon got that from John Dee, there's a lot of angel language, angelic language within Shakespearean literature. That's something I'm going to have to research. That's really interesting, interesting. to be honest. Yeah, he's he he's a he's a rabbit hole of himself, man. I've um, yeah, I've got uh, I got a few of his like I, w- I went in deep a few years back on him. I kind of didn't do him justice then with my my breakdown of what he's about. Like he's he really is one of the unknown uh, masterminds within the past mm-hmm. fa- thousand years or so. And he's like it's actually actually to something just a kind of real off subject. So um, he was pretty much the guy behind the, for, well, depending on what way you want to look at this, if it was good or bad, but behind the creation of the British Empire. And he was kind of like a spy for Princess Elizabeth. And he, um, oh, Princess Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth. And he used to write in code to her to report back his findings from where he was in different parts of the world, mostly Europe, because obviously there was... Um, there was a lot of shit going on over that way at that time. And he used to report back to her using the code name 007. And that is the original. Um, yeah, he was the original James Bond, the first spy of the British Empire. Interesting. Well, I know the language, it does go back to Sanskrit as well. And it is coded into Sanskrit. I mean, every single language um, has its own type of etymology uh some of it for example you know you've got uh hello which phonetically backwards is hola (laughs) is that it yeah yeah in terms of phonetics you know not spelling but phonetics so when you get into phonetics you can kind of see where the distortions have uh taken place but you can still unpick most languages to similar roots and they still do work in different languages quite often yeah 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 it's really coded in so deeply (laughs) encoded and i don't know if i brought this up to you the other night when we were hanging out um is another one to look into when you get when you really want to get deep into the language itself is marty leeds and his how he deciphered the english alphabet and breaks it down into from a numerological perspective and he's got some really interesting insights. I'm gonna actually get. I'm actually got him on the podcast coming on in. Uh, I think it's n- next month. I think I've got him booked in for. But that one should be a fucking blast if uh, you do catch that episode or just look into him. And anyone that's listening, if you guys look into Marty Leeds, he gets a lot of his shit deleted and taken off YouTube pretty quickly. Okay, he's on it then. <laughs> yeah, you know he's on it and he's and he's he says he says a lot of far out shit, man. He says a lot of stuff that a lot of that rustles the feathers of a lot of people, which is always good. He he knows how to trigger people and he knows how to trigger and you know when you're onto something because when you say it you're going to get 
a massive backlash and yeah. he's uh yeah he's he's had his fair share he, he goes into the politically incorrect zone which is super helpful yeah and that's a good point man for because i know that you wanted to kind of uh that you like covering this sort of shit and we could just jump straight in with it uh about the about our sort of current state of affairs when it comes to political correctness and how it's created a, a subculture and growing like it's the ultimate way to Obviously. have the people police themselves and police each each other yeah. over major destructive um, mechanisms. And it's obviously one of the biggest load of bullshit things that is taking place and is being pushed very heavily. So, yeah, that's something I think everyone should take quite... Um, yeah, it's an important thing, is what I'm saying. So if you feel like you want to say something, but you've kind of got the brakes on because it's kind of going to ruffle feathers, you're mind controlled, you know, and free speech is fundamentally key to freedom. So if you can't question something, then, you know, uh, something's quite wrong, even if uh, even if there is a prevailing uh, belief about what the answer should be. So. I mean, for example, climate change is a big one. And carbon, carbon's been completely vilified as being this poisonous, polluting gas that's going to like melt the ice caps and is causing all this uh, greenhouse gas uh, buildup. When from many ex-NASA and ex-UN scientists that are coming out to say, guys, everyone's homogenizing data in these organizations, making downtrends go to uptrends, cherry picking and bending, misrepresenting science, which we hold as the holy grail, um, the new religion, you could say, that we take in good faith, you could say. And yeah, this is why it's dangerous to not be able to question like what's being spoon-fed to us. And political correctness is the kind of gatekeeper of that. And there's, yeah, anyway... I could go in, could go into this in a few different ways. But what I will say for carbon, for example, if we want to see plants regrowing and we want to regenerate this planet, then we need a ton more carbon dioxide, maybe a few billion tons of it, because plants love it. And any gardener can tell you that a plant can grow much faster, maybe two times faster and twice to four times the size with extra CO2. And it also turns out that CO2 is fixed in the ocean and the ocean can hold 50 times the amount as the atmosphere. And it correlates perfectly to temperature change. So we've been sold the idea, look, the carbon dioxide is much higher. It must be driving the heat up because the heat's higher as well. And it correlates almost, they're almost like completely the same line. But it turns out that carbon follows, follows temperature changes. And it's driven primarily by the sun and solar flares and solar cycles. And anyway, I'm probably mm. losing a few people because that's like a slightly politically incorrect thing to say these days. <laughs> no, I love but, it. You know, Keep go- Just say what you need to say, man. Yeah. This is, um, truth yeah, needs to be said. That, that, this controlling mechanism of uh, what to think, how to think, um, being, being, yeah, anyway, it's something to break free of. I think we will have to start questioning this stuff. They say that 97% of scientists say it's all man-made, whereas when you actually look into how they pull that data, it turns out it's just 0.3%, which shows just how heavily data can be misrepresented. 
and then how it becomes a politically incorrect thing to question because you know you're not an expert and you're disagreeing with 97 percent of scientists even though that is actually just completely fabricated and not true yeah so we have to keep we're, we're outsourcing our intelligence to these organizations and we're taking it in good faith religiously yeah it literally is a religion we are yeah man it is these uh these scientists are this era's priesthood they are the uh, they are the controllers of our reality. They're what they the quote unquote they're the priest. yeah the quote unquote truth they speak is what is our religion and it's how and it's the reality that is created through that we live in is through what they say and we just we just accept blindly what they what like study this study that study this study that without actually understanding scientific principles and understanding how science is actually conducted. And just being in, from a scientific background myself at university and seeing how how easily it is for results to be skewed for for just res- yeah just to create the result you want it's so easy and the the methodologies in order to um just to kind of protect against this can again can be easily manipulated and a lot of and uh, science, science is also based upon rules. And which are actually assumptions yeah. fundamentally so it's built upon towers of assumptions we've built all this knowledge that's being held up by a, uh, an assumption that's not if you apply the scientific method to that assumption every single one of those assumptions falls apart and is shown not to be true through the scientific method and we've yeah. built a tower of knowledge on it like we think we're making all this progress and we are just uh heading really far out on the spiral of um you know being in the eye of the storm of, of the center of the knowledge we're, we're, we've gone far out <laughs> yeah, yeah well, uh, they've they've built this tower of knowledge on on shaky ground on sand right on the edge of an ocean there's a fucking tsunami coming and they there's nothing they can do to stop this and there, there is a paradigm shift coming and the everything that we were led to believe to be true is soon going to be inverted and flipped on its head and going to be shown to everyone that we've been lied to, we've been manipulated, we've been controlled. And a lot of the things that you've read in the textbooks as a kid that was drilled into your head that you had to make sure you get that A, get that A in science. Oh, I'm going to do double science (laughs) with GCSEs. I'm a smart kid. And then just you're just being brain fed. You're being fed bullshit. And it's... It, all it takes is an open mind. Yeah, an A for being able to regurgitate. soak up what, yeah, to regurgitate, not how to think, not how to decode stuff, not to be independent, sovereign, empowered human being. Yeah, and I believe that it was in like 1902, 1903 that the General Education Board was created stateside, which was created by the Rothschilds. And that is going to have an effect on over here in the UK. And everything that we learn is what they want us to learn. You don't you don't learn about Nikola Tesla. You learn about Thomas Edison. You don't. Yeah, you, right. yeah it's like just things like little things like that. You're led to believe that Thomas Edison created electricity. Bullshit. Lies. Yeah. yeah. And there's so and many. Evolution. evolution. Yeah. This is going to annoy a few people. Yeah. Um, you know, Darwin being uh, one of the dark occultists. And, uh, yeah, when you get into survival of the fittest, it's just a justification for, like, the modern-day, um, uh, yeah, capitalist kind of 
the dog-eat-dog dog world that we can justify it through this when really it comes down to morphogenic resonance and the mm. quantum effect of like the hundred monkey effect shifting in species and the frequency antennas of DNA and the morphogenic interactions. Yet we've just digested this thing as, and it's still a theory. It's unproven. Yep. You know, um, it's a theory of gravity as well. Uh, that is not too clear. There's still no theory that describes it properly. Yeah. Where that's why buoyancy it... might be a much better representation of the effect we think is gravity. That's yeah. That's yeah. There's so many, man. And just, just something to touch base on as well that you brought up about Darwin. If if anyone's interested in in listening to this, take a look at who Dar Darwin's closest ally was when he was coming up with the collective evolution or like the the yeah the theory of evolution. And it was a guy named Alfred Wallace. And Alfred Wallace is an interesting character. He there's stories of him, like firsthand experience of him being able to levitate tables, to levitate himself out of windows at meetings. And he 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 had a part to play with the with the creation of Darwin's theory, but no one really he doesn't really get credited for it. But he got he was a bit too he was a bit too far far out there for Darwin, and Darwin kind of like. Yeah, Charles was like, mm, he's like, Alfred, mate, you need to kind of tone it down. It's like, I'm trying to create a new paradigm here and you're out there fucking levitating and you're pulling the attention off of me. So you need to kind of, yeah, just just dial it in a little bit, buddy. Otherwise, I'm I'm going to take your name off the uh, the sub-author list on this one. And yeah, no, take it for guys. Too much. Just too much. Yeah, just too much, man. Freaking people yeah. out here. I'm trying. I'm. I'm freaking people out enough here, telling telling them that they that they evolved from monkeys. <laughs> so you just need to just tone tone it down here, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so, something else that I know that you're really switched on with, Tristan. I really want to get into, which is ties in nicely with everything we've been talking about is that you're pretty much the man behind which is gonna which is gonna be released soon which is the bristol 5g safety forum correct yeah. and really what the dangers of 5g which is re- which is one of your specialties dude and we're it's i think we should touch base on it and really sort of uh let people because this ties into the electric universe like once you actually understand the foundation of the electric universe it makes understanding 5g a lot easier in yeah, go for it, man. Let's just, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like where to start with 5G, but um, yeah, as we all know, it's, you get 3G, you get 4G, and now this is the fifth, 5G, fifth generation mobile technology, which doesn't actually mean anything. It's just a, a name for a general new system, which can range between different bandwidths. And these gigahertz bandwidths basically start to destroy uh you know small bugs and bees and uh insects and wildlife birds can't stand it so instantly you're looking at like ecological massive ecological destabilization but you're also looking at oxygen um absorption into the lungs uh because that's 60 gigahertz as is 60 gigahertz in the air so this can start distorting basic processes like absorbing oxygen um it can also conduct through water pipes, through your shower, through your heaters into your house. Um, it's, it can uh, be used to beam and create scans within buildings so they can see uh, exactly, almost like a sonar device or something. They can kind of see 
what's in a space, a bit like infrared, actually. Mm -hmm. So they can image with 5G. They can um, focus beams. Yeah, it's just a gnarly, gnarly piece of technology coming in. And we're going to see crazy, crazy levels of uh, what will probably look like polio because of the way it will distort the blood. And then it will probably lead into some sort of forced vaccination schedule because of this new random disease, which is actually a 5G <laughs> thing. This is just a hypothesis I've got, but, um, you know, let's see how it unfolds. But fundamentally, we have to question this. We have to obviously take action, call a spade a spade, knock on your neighbour's doors, tell them about this, get a petition. Not that that helps, but it makes a database of people who you can organise together to go to representatives and it has to go this is a global uh issue it will be in the jungles it's in third world countries like in not you know not too many years behind uh us in the western world and i think it's gonna be quite jarring when people suddenly wake up to realize this whole grid has been put in place and what it's actually doing it's going to be installed on lights outside bedrooms um we're talking like cell towers, you know, like micro cell towers kicking off really gnarly pulses of frequency um, into our reality. So, yeah, it's time for us to get active and uh, do something about it. And that's what we're doing in Bristol. And, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, really. It's, uh, it, it does sound a lot like fear, fear, fear. But at the same time, they're, they're fucking scared of uh, the human consciousness the human spirit and this is what they're having to desperately do in an attempt to uh shut down the awakening i think you know yeah they have to break us down on a cellular level it's getting to that point where they're like fuck we need to uh we need to bring out the big guns here we need to uh really start using some of that some of that money that we've got some of that deep tech uh deep state tech and start rolling that out and uh let's start doing some damage to these uh to the peasants and to keep them quiet it's like on bugs life man with the grasshoppers when they're like these these tiny little bugs they outnumber us a million to one and as soon as they know that as soon as they recognize that that's our way of life over and we're yeah yeah we hold it up. yeah we're beginning to recognize that fact that we do outnumber them and we're not what we've been led to believe and their days are limited so yeah they are really starting to usher in the uh the it's very quick. It's uh, it's being rolled out very in much in the blind spot of the public, blind spot of even politicians and local representatives. Even the planning council don't seem to know what five G is, even though it needs planning and stuff. It's kind of a bit strange how smooth it is, um, as far as we found out. So yeah, ah, just um, it's it's infuriating. It's infuriating because we're obviously both living in Bristol here. And Bristol is one of the first cities to adopt it, and it's going to be everywhere. And it's um, because, like, you... within within two years, within two years, it should be. They say in almost every city in the UK, for example, yeah, by this summer it will be in like m- most of the main ones. In you know, the coverage gets thicker and thicker each year. So it's hard to say how well covered it is, but it's time for us to readapt and find more suitable environments. But this leads into Agenda 21, which if you ha- if anyone hasn't heard of Agenda 21, it's basically um, a sugar-coated Orwellian nightmare, which 
the U United Nations have put together. Uh, yeah, which basically is talking about getting people into the countryside, sorry, into the cities away from the countryside, condensing everyone into smart cities that sound really progressive and nice, yet everything's on meter uh, readings and you have universal social income and no cash and social credits and everything's controlled, everything's spied on, there's no mobility. 5G also sets up the AI grid. It also allows for self-driving cars autonomous vehicles um basically it's it's the mark of the beast in biblical terms mm. that's another way of looking at it <laughs> armageddon is upon us my friend it yeah. is it's uh the end of days is coming but it's not necessarily a bad thing the end of days like it's our journey it's our process as the collective and it's it can get dark and it can get heavy sometimes but it's kind of like, what does it take for us to realise our neurosis to how misaligned we are in, in terms of the way we live our everyday lives? Because we create this system as well. We allow this kind of system to take place. And it's not until it comes through the walls into your safe little living room that maybe then you'll make a change. Um, and maybe, yeah. maybe that's kind of what we're seeing. You know, our passive consent the fact that we haven't stood up and actually taken action, we've just allowed to be, be distracted, has basically been a yes, a yes to this whole thing happening for the benefit of very few. So, yeah, we have to, like, get, you know, we're, we're being dumbed down in the water supply, everything. We just need to uh, get that fire going again and uh, get off our, up, off our knees, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's we really do, man, and it's like we're just a submissive submissive domesticated version. Oh. Like our an Yeah, our ancestors would be fucking appalled of us, man. They did not survive the greatest one of the great cataclysmic events that this earth has witnessed twelve thousand years ago and literally went through hell to recreate and reseed civilization for 12,000 years down the line for their descendants to be a zombified materialistic like materially materially yeah yeah like um. yeah it's it's terrible man and it's um we have to get it it really push our comfort zones we have to step up we have to cut through political correctness we have to validate our own knowledge and understanding and know who we are and not need uh, social groups to validate us so that we have the uh, <clears throat> power within us and the resilience to go out there and really hold a strong true message that can be like shining a beacon of light that other people can see and start getting behind and start making a difference basically we have to start doing this and it all starts on an individual level though that's an important note to make it's that we you you really have to go through the whole process of self-actualization to go through your what you call the hero's journey in order to reach a point where you go through your own spiritual death and rebirth which is something i brought up on a podcast um one or two episodes ago when basically i think we were gonna hit like a like a sort of point in time in the very near future where not only does it require us to go through our own hero's journey to awaken ourselves to our true power, to to fulfill our destiny of 
spiritual um growth and spiritual realization but we're going to go through that as a collective whole and there's going to be some event be it cosmic on a macro level or maybe on a micro level down here and the uh on the terrestrial realm where something's going to happen it may be the draconian elite are going to do something which is going to it's literally just going to present us with the option of you we either we it's a fork in the road where the option is Mm -hmm. survive or extinction and survive we survive through love and extinction we become extinct through fear and it's it's really going to come down to that those two decisions and then if you want to sort of um scale that decision outwards into your day-to-day life is to make every decision out of love instead of fear most people operate out of fear every decision that they make is subconsciously um is sub is subconsciously related to fear that's that's how that's what's really driving you whereas um one of the ways that i've had it described to me which i really liked is that we in order to bring uh to make the subconscious conscious we're only conscious if we are living in the present moment if we are if we are stuck in the past or stuck in the future that is where the subconscious lies and it's easy to be controlled if you're just living within your subconscious living within the past living in within the future and you're just living in autopilot because you're just living through past failures past mistakes or anxieties of the future and we have to learn in order to anchor ourselves into the present moment and when we're in the present moment that's when we have infinite potential infinite possibilities because that's what the universe is and it's um that's where we need to get to my man we need to get to the point the alchemy of present moments if you're right here you're in the center of the circle and the center of the circle is the creative and powerful place to be and as soon as you have to start going to the outer edges of the circle that's the that's the realms of distraction that's the realms of the future and the past and where we have no power yeah. and uh yeah like nothing beats consciousness ultimately everything in some sense is natural as well because it's all within our consciousness so yeah and just knowing that we are consciousness we are energy energy cannot be destroyed it only moves and shifts and changes form so ultimately i think we if we have a fear resonance then a lot of these ideas and programs can actually uh tune to us as well so like this whole 5g thing is nothing to be scared of at all but it's something to you know we are operating here on this level and there is like a prevailing theme of uh ignorance and there is some fear as well but ultimately just knowing it's like it's all good you know we're we're here and it is all natural and it is part of our process however much of a roller coaster it is and we have bought the ticket and we are taking the ride and yeah it'll be fun at the end <laughs> be fun at the end man all right but buddy let's uh let's tie this one in Tris. i think we've done we've done a good job on this no one here in bristol bro I don't know if you've but, noticed. Yeah, I was literally just looking out the window then, man, when you were talking. I was like, fuck, it's it is snowing. Is it going to be snowing a long time? 
I think it's going to snow tonight, so snowman tomorrow. <laughs> Interesting. Oh yeah, man, that's nice. <laughs> shame that the shame that the snow is probably full of fucking toxic <laughs> yeah. shit. <laughs> so I just put a fucking downer on the snow. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but uh, but ultimately, yeah. one message I'd like to leave with is like, we could, we just got to connect to our truest nature, and we got to get into gratitude because gratitude is the portal to knowing um, what you've got, and if you know what you've got at the deepest level which is the power to transform anything um energetically because it is all vibration and if you can vibrate and make sine waves and standing waves with other people mm-hmm. we can start bending this reality we can start becoming proper alchemists and we're coming into a lighter frequency um constantly there's more people waking up where these standing waveforms get more powerful and it's kind of just trusting that process staying in the love vibe and um yeah just just keep on it like a modern day uh warrior you know for sure man the truth will set you free and the truth is always going to be love so that's that's the answer all you need is love without getting fucking power without getting sued by the beaters <laughs> but uh yeah man let's let's tie this one up so before we leave tris for anyone that has like liked what you've had to say today and they're like yo man i like tris's vibe like whereabouts can they find more of you like what's your sort of social media handles if you tell them about you if you've got the the chi yeah. um the chi whole food website and the bio chi when you've yeah. got that available so, as well um, best place to ca- catch me personally is uh instagram which is uh tris t-r-i-s dot west tris dot west um the other option is biochi.com which will be a online in about two to three months so a bit of patience on that and then there's going to be chifoods.com which is the shop currently it's chiholefoods.com so you can find uh what we do there and um you can also find the chi food shop which is chi.foods on instagram all right sounds simple as that all right guys hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode that is episode 25, really starting to uh, tally up these episodes now, and hopefully everyone's been here from the start, you're still enjoying it, you're still putting up with my shit, which is always good to hear that I've got a solid solid uh, sort of backing now, guys, and yeah, really, really putting the work in to get this content out to you, there's so much information to cover, and Tris is a, is a solid soul when it comes to just being really really woke when it with the information he gives and it comes from his heart and i know him personally and he is the real deal so share him some love let him know what you thought of the podcast as well as myself once you've listened to this reach out to him he appreciate all all the any any feedback you can give as will i and uh yeah let's uh let's call this one a night so episode 25 over and out guys stay woke as fuck